I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in my home studio recording far, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. How's it going? I'm sweating my goddamn balls off. I'll tell you that. I'm not because I'm still enjoying that sweet, sweet suburban life at my parents' house where there's just AC blasting constantly. And I realized I like haven't been outside in days. (laughs) I mean, I did realize that today. I did. I went outside for the first time in like four days today. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, it is like a hundred, literally a hundred degrees in New York today. Yeah, it's bad here in Chicago as well. Yeah. So I mean, we've gotten like all of the warnings, all of the texts, all of the emails that are like, your power might shut off at any moment. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> but I have, I mean, I have like a window unit, which I have to turn off when we record. So it's a, really a ticking time bomb <laughs> as, as to how long I last before I just die, I guess. Yeah. You're just going to be a puddle on the floor by the end. Yeah. You know, at this point, it's like, fuck it. My air conditioning is set to like 50 degrees. Listen, oh, Jesus. the UN told us that we're all going to die in like three years this week anyway. So yeah, what are you going to do? Might as well be comfortable on my way out. <laughs> might, might as well be nice and cool and record a podcast. Sure, sure. I mean, yeah. When you take into account the net benefit of recording a podcast that is enjoyed by millions of people billions i'd say entire nations my comfort is worth it yeah (laughs) because i'm putting out good right exactly (laughs) i was talking to someone on a dating app who um works in counterterrorism and human rights for the united nations and i was like well (laughs) i tell jokes (laughs) i'm actively making the world worse um (laughs) And he literally said, well, that depends on how good you are at comedy. And I was like, well, that also depends on how good you are at fighting terrorism. (laughs) And then he did not reply. No, what? No, that was hilarious. (laughs) He still might. Oh, okay. Anyway, what's happening today? We're going to kick things off, as always, with Worst Things First, where I shout about the stupidest, most ridiculous worst news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into why it is in fact so hard to be an Italian these days. You know how much the problems I deal with. Um, and I am almost entirely Italian, so, uh, which I'll talk about, but if your butthole just clenched from my stereotypical uh, Italian impression, you can loosen it up, okay? Take a snort of poppers and loosen that <laughs> hole right up because it's going to be fine and we're all going to be okay. And finally, we got the amazing drag queen, I'll say honorary Italian for the day, Delta Work on the pod. We talked with her a few weeks ago. We got into shots, the entire genre of fantasy, which spoiler alert, she hates and so much more. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right, worst things first, let's chat about the worst news of the week. First, an eight-foot boa constrictor no. in Utah Next. was on the loose for more than a month oh. after workers accidentally tipped its cage over and it escaped. I'm sorry, are they that fast? You tip its That's cage over I- and then it's just fucking gone? Yeah, and it, this is not like a tiny, this isn't eight foot long. This is like right. a full grown man of a snake <laughs> that you somehow just lost because you knocked its cage over. You Also, if I'm a construction worker, they, they were installing windows. They were taking out windows and installing new windows. If I'm a construction worker, I'm working in a, a home that has an eight foot long boa constrictor. My eyes are on that snake the entire time. <laughs> there is no way I'm not keeping eyes on that snake at 
all times. No, absolutely. So the fact that they could knock this cage over and not notice that it escaped, and then that it was gone for a fucking month. A full calendar month. Horrifying. July 2nd is when it escaped. So it's been more than a month, actually. I would move. I like I know I understand that whoever owned this snake loves it. You know, it's it's his pet or whatever. But like if my eight foot bow constrictor got loose, I would just move to another city. Yeah. Because I couldn't deal with the idea of like, is it in the walls? Is it Basilisk Harry Potter style like in the pipes? I don't know. I don't want to know. Move. Yeah, you never know. I mean, I would say ride it out until the first cat gets petrified. Yeah. And then you we go from there. Right. Because you also know that like no matter how much the human loves the snake, when the snake's out of that cage, that human is, is food. It's not it's yeah. no longer daddy. It's an animal. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna when it's hungry, it's gonna fucking eat. I also am like, okay, no offense to the people of Utah, but um, I don't know. Look outside. (laughs) What could it be hiding behind? What is there that you're hiding behind in Utah? Okay. I'm pretty sure it's just a blank piece of paper. It's like a lot of mountains. And now before we get letters, okay. Iconically a great place to Salt Lake City. It's mountains. It's beautiful scenery, you know. I do love Salt Lake City. It is it is great. In fact, I was there almost to the day. I was there on my birthday like three years ago. Oh my God. performing at a comedy club and they brought out a cake in the middle of my performance and they did interrupt it which was not welcome <laughs> but it was very nice the point is after a month of looking for the snake the snake's owner contacted the police and was like oh i found him he was he was here the whole time <laughs> So he terrorized this entire community who had been on on alert to be like, every time you go outside, every time you go for a hike, be on the lookout for an eight foot boa constrictor. <laughs> and this guy was like, he was here. He was near a deep freezer in my house. I don't know. This guy has an eight foot boa constrictor and a deep freezer. Maybe maybe they should be investigating this. <laughs> uh, anyway, Next. A 67-year-old man in the UK was sentenced to six years in prison for attempted robbery after entering three banks over the course of two weeks and using written notes to ask the cashiers to hand over money. The problem is his attempts failed because according to one bank employee, his handwriting was so bad they didn't know he was trying to rob them. (laughs) Stay in school. Oh, I love this so much. This is why, this is what's wrong with society. This Mm -hmm. is what's wrong with the old people, okay? (laughs) You know, they lost the art of handwriting. Yep. We tried teaching them cursive. We tried teaching them how to write clearly, and they just don't know. Actually, it's probably the other way around. He probably wrote. (laughs) He wrote in cursive, and it was like the young bank teller who was like, I don't know how to read this shit. (laughs) You should have typed it out. Yeah, so a police spokesperson said that the staff... So basically, he went in, he left this note. The note apparently said, your screen won't stop what I've got. Just hand over the 10s and 20s. Think about the other customers. I was like, what is that fucking A lot of questions, a lot of questions. First of all, I know that it's a different currency, but it's not that different. You're asking for 10s and 20s? Dude, you're robbing a bank. I mean, it's not that different. Yeah, he's he is robbing a bank and asking for 10s and 20s. (laughs) Um, So I guess he's respectful. You know, you know, the entire world is sort of in a recession right now. And, you know, you can't be too ambitious. Right. You can't be too greedy. Right. But they they couldn't read it. And so I guess they didn't comply and he left. And then it was later on that they they managed to make out what it said. And they were like, oh, he he was trying to rob us. (laughs) (laughs) Like they didn't put it together until later that day. (laughs) And then they called police and were like, oh, I guess it turns out this guy was trying to rob us. And so they like seized the note and they they got the surveillance footage and they started tracking this guy and he uh, they received two other calls about similar robberies, one of which he did get uh, away with. The cashier like read the note, gave him twenty four hundred pounds, probably used to work for a doctor was used to reading really bad handwriting, (laughs) decided to make a career move, and then was like, this again. And then another cashier was, I guess, challenged him. They they read the note, but they were like, 
No. <laughs> and then he, so he left empty handed, but police were able to identify him and they arrested him and he pleaded guilty. So I love that he just leaves though. You know, he's just like, ugh, okay. I mean, what are you going to do? Also? Yeah. Like use your words, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, he couldn't, they couldn't read his writing. So instead of being like, ugh. Okay, I'm just going to say what I want out loud. He was just like, all right, I guess I'll try the yeah. next place. I appreciate how how little this person tried, you know? Like, like actually, it's confusing because it's like how little he tried in one place, but then still had enough effort to go to several other places and try. You'd think after the second time, he'd be like, you know what? Maybe my methods aren't working and I should, like, change it up a bit. But no. He just Inspiring, keeps going and honestly. Going. Never give up. Yeah. Never give up. Beautiful, beautiful moral of the story. It's a numbers game, really. You know, you got to keep going for what you want. Try, try, try. And finally, after some pop-up advertisements have wow. begun suggesting a certain home remedy for erectile dysfunction, <laughs> experts are warning people, do not use apple cider vinegar on your penis. <laughs> I'll say it once I'll say it once if I've said it a thousand times. Do not put apple cider vinegar on your penis. I got to say I you know I I didn't expect that. Um, I feel like apple cider vinegar is just used for so many things. It's the cure for everything. You drink it, you you use it to clean clothes, you use it to do clean your countertops. Why not clean your dick, you know? Yeah, I don't really understand where apple cider vinegar came from all of a sudden. ACV as they say. Yeah. I feel like it just sort of popped up as this thing that is now in everything. And that is this like cure all for literally every every problem that you could possibly have, including, I guess, making your bits bigger <laughs> and improving your sexual performance. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess some some websites have, have taken to suggesting that apple cider vinegar will perhaps enlarge your bits improve your sexual performance. And uh, an ED awareness expert told the Huffington Post that uh, it's thought that this kind of old folk tale originates from the fact that apple cider vinegar can be good for your cardiac health and your blood flow. Oh. Uh, it can lower your cholesterol. Um, and bathing your dick in it can also make it smell better, <laughs> I guess. No. So, Look at all the benefits. Well, to be fair, this exact quote, and I think this came from Huffington Post UK. Okay. It said, bathing your penis in it can make you smell like a chip shop. <laughs> so I guess that's a bad thing. I mean, it, it's, de oh, yeah. Or, I mean, I don't know. I think a chip shop is a pretty arousing, it's an aphrodisiac for sure. Just fish just and chips. I don't know how you know? apple cider vinegar would make you smell like a chip shop. Vinegar. I guess. Yeah. Mixed, mixed with like dick must. <laughs> dick musk. Well, chip, you know, if we're talking UK chips, you're putting vinegar in that mix, you know? Yeah. So that's why. I always, I think what I don't like about apple cider vinegar is that I expect it to be sweet. Right. You think it's going to be apple juice. And in fact, right. it has very little to do with apple. And flavor. then it's basically like a punch in your uvula. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, not that I'm like taking shots of apple cider vinegar. I'm just okay. Shots fine, of I admit juice. it. I put it on my penis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't even know if I have it. I probably do. It's one of those things that like I probably should refrigerate, but it's just sitting in my. Cabinet. Oh no, it's like, in a cabinet for sure for me. Yeah, but yeah, one one other sex expert said, "Do not do this. Not only will it sting like hell, especially if you shove it up your bum." Anyway, she was like, "It could actually burn where you've applied it." I mean, yes, it's vinegar. It's literally used to like clean surfaces. So, um, but damage to your skin can also lead to infection, Ugh. and um, nobody wants an infection down there. No, that thank was you. Uh, her quote. So. Yeah, in case you were wondering that. I mean, this, I think, is one of those stories where it's like, I never would have thought of this until until someone says, actually, don't do this. And then it's like, okay, I might. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's it for this week's Worst Things First. If you want to hear and see even more stories that were brutally cut from this episode, you can head to my Patreon 
uh, where you'll get a, a an extra feed. It's an extra feed of bonus content that'll show up right where you get your podcast. You can subscribe to that on patreon.com slash There's also a bunch of video content you'll get. Uh, it's a great way to support the show and support me. And um, it's a nice thing to do if you love the show. Patreon.com slash Next, we're diving deep into the worst kinds of Italians. Uh, <laughs> get ready. <laughs> deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right. Well, last week, those of us in, in New York saw the fall of prominent Italian groper, Andrew Cuomo, <laughs> who um, actually used his Italianness as an excuse for why he was so kissy and handsy. Although I will say, so there's this screenshot going around Twitter and the internet that is a screenshot from Fox News that had uh, a picture of Andrew Cuomo's apology. And at the bottom, it said, Cuomo, I'm not a pervert. I'm just Italian. <laughs> Which is not actually a direct quote. No, no, I feel like we no. should say. Yeah, it was. I think a lot of people assumed it was a direct yeah, quote. Yeah, no, that was Fox editorializing for sure. But his actual quote was like, "I'm an Italian. I'm kissy. I use my hand. Like I'm. I. I kiss. I use my hands. <laughs> it's not much better. No. But he didn't use the word. I'm not a pervert. Anyway, <laughs> he's resigning. R.I.P. Goodbye. <laughs> But, you know, even though he's vanquished for now, it, it was still a stark reminder, I think, of just how far we as an Italian people have to go to uh, overcome the many stereotypes that pervade about the Italian ex-community. Wow. Okay? And if you're thinking, oh, Matt, you're a ginger, you're the palest bitch that I know, why are you claiming to be Italian? Well, guess what, sweetie? Then you're part of the problem. Sorry, sorry we all don't fit your caricature of what it means to be an Italian. Contrary to your prejudice, I am indeed Italian. Bella Sai, thank you. My great-grandparents came here on a boat, and now a hundred years later, I am the end of the line for them. <laughs> <laughs> this is what their legacy is. <laughs> I actually think, so, yeah, my, my, my Italian side, my dad's side is the Italian side. Um, I believe my Italian ancestors, great-grandparents are from, like, Sicily and Naples. And um, all of the Bellicis that I know, there's only three men left. <laughs> and it's me, my brother, and my cousin, all of whom are, like, nowhere near having children. <laughs> So it's actually quite likely that the Bellisai name, at least this strain of it, will uh, <laughs> die out. <laughs> oh, look how um, far you've come. Look at how, how proud your ancestors must be. But that's why all of the work that I do in my life is, is about making a name for, uh, you know, on behalf of my immigrant ancestors. Right. Um, of course. I do have an, an older Italian, it's like my dad's cousin. It's one of those people who is from Italy. It's the kind of person that I only see at, like, funerals. Right. Um, she's approximately 120 years old. Uh, I don't understand how this woman is still alive. <laughs> but I remember at the last funeral we were at, she was like, all of your Italian cousins, they listen to you and they watch you. And I was like, who the fuck are these people? Because <laughs> no, I didn't even know we had family there. But shout out to them. Oh, my God. Anyway. <laughs> The point is, it's not easy being Italian these days. A lot of people are out here tarnishing the good Italian name. And uh, I want to talk about how difficult it is to be Italian. Wow. And yes, I recognize that I speak from the privilege of someone who is able to outwardly present as not Italian. <laughs> but here we are. First, everybody just assumes that Olive Garden rules apply wherever I am. <laughs> and I'm here to say, guess what, bitch? We're not family. When we're here, you can fuck off, okay? I'm not obligated to treat you with anything but my disrespect. Every hour on the hour, I ask you for more breadsticks. Yeah, and I've, I've said this before, too. Olive Garden breadsticks are subpar. <laughs> I'll, 
Listen, I'll eat an entire basket of Olive Garden breadsticks without batting an eye, okay? I don't even have to chew. I can slide those things right down. But are they good? No. No. But also, you know how difficult it is to live with the knowledge that most people's idea of, like, fine Italian dining is Olive Garden? <laughs> Including your family. I know! <laughs> I mean, I have long claimed that my my family is Chef Boyardee Italian right. because my mom is the cook in the family and she is not Italian. She learned everything from my great grandmother who used to measure ingredients by pointing out lengths on her arm. Amazing. So she would say this so much of pepper, this so much of salt, <laughs> this so much of tomato. And my mom would be like, how many fucking cups is that? <laughs> I don't even know her real name. I We just called her Nani. That's fine. And then she went nuts. And she started seeing unicorns outside. What? <laughs> I remember she like lived at our house for when, when I was very little. And um, she, I mean, she was like ancient. Right. Um, <laughs> I remember there was one time my mom was coming to pick me up from school and uh, she was like, Nani, I'm going to be gone for five minutes. Don't touch the tomato sauce that's on the stove. And she ca- she'd come back and Nani had emptied out the sauce into a container that had change in it. <laughs> There's just pennies on the bottom. <laughs> um, but yeah, she would tell my brother because my brother is six years older and she would be like, Tony, you see the you see the unicorns outside, and he'd be like, "Yeah, Nani, I see them." And my mom would be like, "Don't tell her that you see the unicorns." <laughs> anyway, just this is mostly Shout just out to a, Nani. a look at. I'm obsessed <laughs> with her. <laughs> uh, I wish I could remember her real her real name because I'm sure it was great. Uh, what else? It is impossible for me to use a jarred marinara sauce without feeling like I'm deeply disrespecting my ancestors. It's because you are. That is just, every time I open up a can of Prego or Ragu, I, I can feel Nani rolling over in her ditch. Okay? <laughs> She's just buried in the backyard. <laughs> um... I every time I I am, am considering a pasta dish, I'm like, okay, I guess I got to make it from scratch. I guess I got to roll up my sleeves, put on my smock, and you know, get rolling. Yeah. And guess what? I do, and I have. I've now made pasta with just these hands and some electrical equipment. There are there are Italians. They literally just use a long rod to roll out eggs and flour into pasta. I don't understand how people used baffling. to make anything. Uh, yeah, there is an Instagram called Pasta Grannies that is just uh, videos of old Italian grannies making pasta. Ooh. And listen, I i mean, this is another pressure of being an Italian is just like being an Italian grandma, which I know my is is what my future holds and also what my present holds frankly oh, yeah because that is everything i aspire to be but like when you reach that age it's like first of all you're more like a creature of the earth than you are <laughs> anything you're just like i don't know you're the surface of your body is just a desert you're like wrinkled stooped over you can barely speak but you can you can use your hands to make Every food known to man. And you can smoke a hundred cigarettes in an hour. I do. I'm so jealous. There are, uh, you know, pockets around the neighborhood where you just see these old Italian women like sitting out on the sidewalk. They've just kind of like set up their own little park just (laughs) on a sidewalk. And I don't know. They all own that like same dress that is just formless. (laughs) It's a smock. It's a smock. Yeah. Next. Also, as a gay Italian, I have to live with the knowledge that Stanley Tucci is straight. I don't which understand is kind of it. Offensive to me, both as a gay person and as an Italian. So that's really, you know, getting at the intersectionality of being a gay Italian ex. Yeah. There also are far too many meats that I have to learn about. The amount of space in my brain that I have to set aside just to understand different types of meats <laughs> that nobody else has to know about. Mortadella, prosciutto, pancetta, soppressata, speck. That one always fucks me up. 
No, the, oh, the other thing I don't know, I don't know what the fuck Gabagool is. <laughs> I still have no idea and I refuse to learn. Gabagool. No, I did look it up. Um, I did not realize that Gabagool was just a pronunciation of, of a type of cured meat. Uh, it's popular amongst like Jersey Italians, which is why it was in The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Next! I'm also overwhelmed by the amount of cheese consumption I'm expected to partake in. And I know this... This may be shocking to people, but yeah, why don't I write a six-word tragedy for you? Move over, Hemingway, okay? A hungry Italian becomes lactose intolerant. Oh, devastating. That is the tragedy of my life. Devastating. And so now I have all of these cheeses, although Parmigiano, Reggiano, all of the cheeses, burrata. I didn't know what burrata was. Isn't it just a type of mozzarella? Mozzarella. Yeah, you like how I said it? (laughs) Yeah, that's how my dad says stuff, and it's like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) You've lived here your entire life, so what is? uh, why are you suddenly saying mozzarella? (laughs) Allegedly, my my dad understood Italian because his extended family spoke it, and when my parents were dating, my or like freshly married... My mom would go to family gatherings and everyone would speak in Italian. And the only word she would understand was Debbie because they were talking about her (laughs) in Italian. (laughs) Oh, assholes. (laughs) And finally, there is the near constant pressure for GTL, which is famously Jim Tan Laundry. Of course. Okay. Made popular by the prominent Italian ex members. Previous guest complainer slash meatball, Snooky, Wow, the situation, Polly D. God, the fact I was that I remember with all the pizza these people. spot, Polly G's. <laughs> also pizza, yeah. As someone who has come out publicly sort of uh, as kind of like meh about pizza, that's difficult, okay? Yeah. I feel like I'm turning my back on the community. And in a way, I am. But yeah, there is a kind of constant pressure to, you know, go to the gym, get my tan on, do my laundry, go to the beach. And uh, sometimes the pressure is too much, okay? We can't all be the perfect Italian. Anyway, shout out to all my fellow Italians. We'll get through this. And, uh... And that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we got Delta Work on the pod right after this commercial break. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest who celebrity stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. I'm Shimon Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense that you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost. But now, I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully, no one will die on station night. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right. Uh, Well, my guest complainer today has many titles to their name. She's been a contestant on Drag Race, co-host the podcast Very That, received an Emmy for hairstyling on RuPaul. Uh, Welcome, Delta Work. Hi, Matt. You are in California, right? I am. I'm in Southern California. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I feel like we're, we've been getting the, we've been getting the kind of, 
California weather in New York. So we're both boiling. We're both sitting in, you know, just tepid, stale rooms. Perfect complaining. Perfect complaining environments. Right. Well, I'll always find an environment to complain in. (laughs) Always. I mean, that's my superhero power is complaining and not offering a solution. That's... That's I, I mean, do. you've come to the right place. I cannot believe it's taken this long to, to have you here. I know. I'm, this is like I, I found my, I found my uh, my people. I found yeah. my place. Well, let's get into it. We always okay. start with what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves. I mean, it would be easy for me to say that I hate everything because I kind of do. <laughs> I find something to hate and everything, which is a, a total character flaw, a total character uh-huh. flaw. But in any event, one thing that I dislike that I, uh-huh. everyone seems to love is taking a shot that someone offers you that tastes like shit. And I don't understand why people think that it's some sort of like uh, a way to floss or a way to like power play to be like, can you believe I took that shot? Can you? I know it's disgusting. Like why? I don't understand why it's like a negative to enjoy the alcohol that you're drinking like that. It's almost like even in the even in like the queer community, there's sort of this like, oh, what a pussy. I can't believe you don't drink tequila. Uh I can't believe you don't like Fireball. I can't believe you don't want to drink Dimetap the whole like while you're out. Like I don't. I want to enjoy it. Like if I say to somebody like, oh, I would love an Arbor Mist. They're like, ew, like what? But it, if it tastes good, why is that the negative? Yeah. Is that a negative? No, I am definitely in the camp of like, you should enjoy what you're drinking. I don't know why. Right. Or, yeah. No, no shame. I. It is definitely. I don't know if it's still. I don't know. Do you still feel like where you get that kind of like, oh, you know, you are ordering the kind of like. The the girly drink is it used to be like the the kind of like nineties two thousand like put down. So sometimes there's like this thing. I feel like you can tell who somebody is based on their drink. So like, if somebody's having like um clear like a vodka soda or whatever, uh-huh. like, I'm watching my calorie. I'm watching my calories, which is great, sure. and I'm watching my sugar. That's great. And then there's people that are way too cool, and they're like, I have to have whiskey. Sorry, bitch. Uh, no, bitch. I have to have whiskey. <laughs> I don't do what you do. I do this. And that then there's people me. that yeah. are like only shot people and there's people like oh I only have craft beer because I have to have small batch because I'm like you know I'm not I'm not regular I don't know there's a thing I think there's a camp to like there's certain camps for each type of beverage or whatever and like I love I love the feeling of being fully inebriated like I love that feeling but (laughs) I don't normally get drunk like Uh as long as I've done drag and as many drink tickets have been offered to me, I usually give them away because I'm always driving everywhere. And I have this huge fear of hurting someone being behind the wheel or my friends not having a ride some like from the club. I don't know. I guess that's just a weird mom thing in my head where I'm like, does everybody have a ride? Who has a ride? Who needs a ride? Maybe no, that's, that's just a good busybody thing. me too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you went from saying something very concerning, which is that you love be- the feeling of being inebriated. I do, but I don't get to do it. <laughs> but then you made up for it by being the mom. Right. I don't think, maybe it was just because I didn't, you know, there was a year where we didn't go out at all. And now we're kind of back into it. And I have noticed more than ever before, I'm a whiskey drinker. That's just like my, you know, my my alcohol of choice. And Mm. I feel like I have gotten judged more from my fellow gays for being Mm -hmm. like a brown liquor person. And it's like, I just, that's just what I like. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I'm better than you. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess I guess if you're constantly drinking it with like a lumberjack beard and in a place that only writes on the chalkboard, then maybe that <laughs> <Right>. like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, we, we do. We assign, uh, you know, Raja for years only drank Jack Daniels for years and years and years and years and years. She also only did cocaine for years and years and years. <laughs> but as she's gotten older, all she drinks is wine. She loves wine, boxed wine, $2 wine, $400 wine. Uh-huh. It's, I think it maybe it just evolves a little bit or you, you know, or maybe yeah. it does. Maybe, maybe you'll be drinking whiskey, uh, you know, until you're 90. I hope you are. I hope you I, are. I sort of had the opposite journey. Like I used to be the, the wine guy and now I'm, now I'm a whiskey guy, but okay. you know, everybody's on their own kind of personal right. journey. Yeah, I'm trying to. St- I'm still trying to smuggle in like a big gulp into the club with just, <laughs> like iced tea with like the, and every you know. I'm that person. I'm very. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I do I do catch myself sometimes. Maybe it's just because I am also in the business of going, you know, you're out, you're at clubs, you're doing your stuff. Um, you know, right. if, if you're a performer, you're used to kind of being out and people offer to buy you drinks. So I I feel very comfortable when someone offers me a shot. Like, whatever it is, it's going down very smoothly. And I do take a, a small bit of pride in that. <laughs> I'm like, you could genuinely put moonshine in front of me and it would probably go down pretty easy so so you you basically go down easy at all times <laughs> you could say that i mean i didn't say that but you could say that sure sure, sure hey listen it's the new normal it's a new it, we have a year you said we have a year to make up for all of what we missed out on why not that's exactly right yeah why not take every shot if you want just you know have a ride home but yeah uh, but I don't want to limit you to just one, you know, one thing that you hate. Uh, if mm-hmm. if there are others, I mean, by all means, let's go through the list. Well, you know, this is the perfect place for saying, uh, talking about the things that I hate. Uh, even on my the podcast that I share with Raja and then Instagram, you know, you can get in trouble so quickly sure. by say, stating to someone, oh, I hate when this happens. They're like, oh, really, privilege? Well, guess what? <laughs> oh, really? Well, guess what about this you never thought about? So it's hard to, to, to even use the term anymore. Oh, I hate this. But, you know, I fucking do hate shit. There is shit that I That's hate. completely fine on this show. Or there's shit that I don't understand. So how about there's things that I... Something that I don't understand, and it's I, I, I account for this because I'm an only child, and I was raised mm-hmm. by a single parent, and I was raised in the you know 80s, early 90s, sort of. I, I have a hard time wrapping myself around any entertainment that is centered around fantasy. So I have a hard time understanding superheroes, okay. video games, adult <laughs> cartoons... Anything that I can't put a date, a time, a place to something factual, uh-huh. I have a very, I, 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 I will sit in nervousness. Like, so wait, is this, so we're saying this happened like in the medieval time in France. Well, it's not really France, but it is a jet. No, no, no. I need to know like the zip code. Like I, I <laughs> and everyone I know is like, what do you mean? You don't know that the reference to, are, are you Ravenclaw or, and I'm like, Raven? Raven? <laughs> I don't know what that means. Everyone I know, my partner, my friends. Everyone I know is fully able to absorb that. And I find it so odd because I consider myself a pretty free thinker. I have a hard time if I can't put a time and a date and a name. If I can't assign it, I'm confused. And certainly like adult cartoon, I don't know if it's called Adult Swim or like, I love looking at the visual of, of stuff like that. So if you're out there and you draw pictures of me, I'm not like throwing shade on you. I love that. Please, please bring it. And I pay for them. But I have a hard time understanding. Like, wait, so are we like, is this a, this baby is talking like a, like a man. I don't, I have such a hard time understanding. So do I hate it? Maybe kind of. Yeah, that is such a, a a broad stroke, though. I mean, you I just know. kind of you knocked out like seventy five percent of pop I culture know. in one swing. <laughs> because I'm crazy. Because as a kid, I you know grew up like my dad had his own business. My mom had uh, you know worked third shift as a nurse, and so I I was like on my own. So I used to like ride around on my bike and pretend I was investigating things, and I like I didn't I had no siblings. All of my cousins are significantly older than me, or you know, eight years, say, older than me as the youngest. Um, we moved around a lot, too, so I didn't really establish a lot of long-term friendships until I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess maybe that's why that, that has some, like, everything is so tentative, I guess. And I love, I mean, I love listening to like true crime podcasts. I like watching anything that's true crime related, even if it's just inspired by, at least I can go, okay, it's in New York. Okay. At least I have that. (laughs) People are there. This is, I'm not pretending that, 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 that all of a sudden, like a monster is going to come out of somewhere and I'm supposed to accept that that monster speaks. Well, I don't even know. Or is there anything else on your list? I mean, I certainly have other, other questions. Oh my God. I mean, yes. we could go down, go down the line. Let's quick fire. Okay, so uh, you know, I think, and I thought this for a very, very long time. You know, I'm 45 years old, mm-hmm. and I have thought probably for uh, t- t- 
27 years, 28 years, as long as I've had a driver's license, that we should stop right now in the world, at least in the United States of America, at least in the city of Norwalk, California, where I live, and everyone should be administered a driving test. Everyone, just period. Mm. On the spot, and if you do not pass the driving test with at least an A minus, I'm going to say A minus, you have to have your license revoked. People absolutely do not give an iota of a shit. Uh, I think people think when they leave their house, like, well, I'm driving to my destination. Stop signs, stop lights, other cars. They are merely in my way. Right. Um, The rules, I think they believe the rules are here to stop me from having a productive and successful day. So people just do whatever they want. They drive through red lights. They... Uh, they're pissed that you would that I can't believe you're stopping for that person in the crosswalk. Hit them, like people. <laughs> I, I think absolutely think that. Right. There is something about. Uh, it had to have gotten worse in the last year, but I think it, over the course of the last like decade, I feel like people suffer from main character syndrome. Uh, is what is what I've heard it called, where it's like everybody is like, I am the main character in the entire world. Everybody else is a supporting character in in my life. And therefore nothing else applies to me <laughs> that applies to everybody else. So that I think is at play where it's like, yeah, if you're, which I suffer from myself, you know, if I'm a pedestrian, it's like, okay, all these cars need to stop for me. If I am a, uh, you know, if I'm in a car, it's all these pedestrians need to get the fuck out of the way. But still it's like, yeah, I, I, I get exactly what you're saying. So I haven't really gotten into any questions, although, um, you know, I figured this would be conversational anyway. Ask um, questions. Well, my first question was whether the Delta variant has complicated your brand at all. No, there are people that have uh, have made like memes and stuff sure, like that. Sure. But what was weird was I was hearing about the Delta variant, obviously, for, for quite a while. And I feel like it took people a while to like go, oh, God. Delta variant, Delta work. I have a friend named Frida Wales. That's a, a drag name, Frida Wales. Uh-huh. And she made one that's real popular. And it's like a, all of these heads of mine, like looking down and it says Delta meeting the variants, which <laughs> I thought is very funny. Sure. Um, a lot of people are sharing that. So Frida uh-huh. Wales made that. I like. I yeah, I heard um, Delta Airlines apparently exclusively just refers to it as the variant. They they won't. Okay. <laughs> they just want to completely distance themselves from from that. Which is fair. Do you uh do, are do you have you are you watch Drag Race like or have, have seen previous? Seasons yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Juju B clearly uh, a star and my friend. Um, her real name, birth given name, is Airline. Uh huh. And so we always said, oh, if we were ever on All Stars together, our team would be Delta Airline. <laughs> so stupid. I love that. Uh, well, you're getting kind of you're you're back to performing live, right? Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, so you're getting to do your own thing and kind of get out get out back into the real world a little bit more. How is it going? Well, for now, I mean, you know, right. we're we're <laughs> we just heard two weeks ago, you know, or, or last week actually, that we're state mandated back to masks inside. That's right. Which yeah. I kind of never stopped as as far as my personal going out, going to restaurants, shopping. I obviously clearly always have a mask on, and that's just my that's just where I am, mm-hmm. and I imagine having them for a very long time. Yeah. Where we where I live, uh, we have there's a bar that we work at pretty consistently called the Executive Suite, and it's always been inside. Now it's outside because everyone got tent permits, you mm-hmm. know. So everyone's been doing tents or parklets, but it has been we've been so encouraged and nourished by the people that have come to see us because they've understood like these parameters have changed mm-hmm. and may have changed forever. Do you think the audiences are kind of? like grateful to be back or are you experiencing people who are like maybe a little too excited to be back and going because <laughs> i've definitely been in bars lately where i'm like okay these these people came came out and they are very much making up for the last year and yeah. we might not be safe <laughs> yeah both for sure both uh there, you know there's people who uh, will come and they'll be very respectful. And there's there's people that I've talked to that are like, oh, I haven't been out for a while. The message, you know, text or whatever. I've been out for a while. 
I'm not, I'm still not feeling comfortable, but I want to come and they'll show up and, it, and it's like this, you know, they'll, they'll feel a bit um, of anxiety because they see mm-hmm. people laying all over each other, which why are you doing that anyway? Like pandemic <laughs> or not, I don't, I still don't understand why strangers uh, want to go up to people and like, I don't know if it's like a skin hunger thing or it's like a, a psychological thing or, but, but like this laying on people or this like touching people out of nowhere. And I'm a, I'm, I'm a very tactile person. I'm a very, I love hugging people and, and touching people and, uh, you know, not, with invitation, but you know, when you're in drag, there's a weird, there's an interesting sort of carte blanche that happens when you're in drag that, that mm-hmm. doesn't happen for me when I'm out of drag. I recently did a photo shoot where this person was asking, like, tell me about your character, your character, tell me about your character. And I have to keep saying, I don't have a character. Yeah. This is kind of who I am. I understand there are people who create characters. Absolutely. If you meet someone like Varla Jean Merman in and out of drag, who is Varla Jean Merman, Coco Peru, two of my absolute icons. Mm-hmm. Very often when you see that uh, certain entertainers, maybe they have cultivated a character where outside of it, they can protect who they really feel that they are outside of it. Mm-hmm. For me, it's just an extension of me and it's not any better or worse than, than creating a character. It's just different. People are, I'm more endearing to people perhaps because outside of it, maybe I'm a little more quiet or reserved or, or, or mm, broody or something like that. Maybe that's what they think. Um, because of that, because of that ability to maybe during a performance mm-hmm. sort of like pretend to touch someone's face or those kind of things. Uh, I think other people think like, oh, well, I'm going to do that too. <laughs> so they come up and they're like, oh, girl, I love it. Bitch, yeah. your makeup is so pretty. I People will do that. And they've always done that. But especially now, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my God, you're putting yeah. your fingers like in my grill, like fully. Why are you doing that? And why are like people will, I, I don't know if every drag queen experiences this, maybe because people see me as Santa Claus or something, but they will come up to me and I'll be sitting <laughs> on a patio and they'll just walk up. Hey bitch. And I want to sit on, on your lap. Down. They'll sit on my, is it okay if I sit on your lap? <laughs> what? Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah. what, do you do that to other people? Do you walk into Olive Garden to just sit on laps? I don't think you do. If I came up to you and asked you, hi, out of drag, could I sit on you? No. I don't know if it's like Disneyland, like they think yeah. like, well, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a big character with a big character head on. And when the character head comes off, I don't want to talk to yeah. you anymore. But when it's no, on, I feel the same. I can I mean, do whatever because you're a plush to toy. a to a lesser extent. I'm I'm sure, but um, just as like uh, someone who does comedy, it's like people kind of see uh, this persona on stage, assume that that is who you are off stage, and that they sure. can kind of come up and say or do whatever <laughs> because right. you are, you know, this kind of person or or persona that they are familiar with and it's like don't (laughs) i mean i've heard some crazy shit no one's put their fingers in my mouth or sat on my lap so i've gotten away with that never in your life um not in not in the context of a complete something you've had fingers in your mouth i i don't buy that no i know what you mean no as a comic i would imagine that you would expect to have people come up to you and that think they can say some off color what they think is funny right but it's highly inappropriate or or actually and i think even you might agree with this maybe not i understand but like i think a lot of people think well if you're funny then if i say something just disgusting and uh, that i think is just because it's shocking you know it has to be funny. If it's right. funny, then it's funny. And and I'm going to laugh with you. The same thing, you know, people come up all the time and they try to do like fat jokes. I'm not offended by fat jokes at all. I'm offended by dumb jokes. Right. And I'm also offended when people are like, hey, girl, when are we going to go eat? Let's go eat, bitch. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Like, that's that's all you would imagine is like sitting down and dining with me. Like, right. that's all... You don't think we're going to do anything else? Like, I can't come and complain on unhappy hour? Like, I can do that? <laughs> right, Really, right. really well. Like <laughs> that's, what, that's what we start with, yeah. No, right. yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. I mean, yeah, I don't know. People are a lot. <laughs> Which is why we have to complain, frankly. Yes. Uh, so, tell us about the podcast. You've been doing it for, for a while now. Yeah, we started uh, last fall uh, on the Mom Podcast Network through for- and Forever Dog, mm-hmm. and it's just me and Raja. It's called Very That, and we uh, when we started, we didn't really, and I don't think we even still do have a direction. I mean, I don't think we have a like a thing where it's like we have to say this, mm-hmm. we have to. 
Uh, we really just reminisce and we we pop up a couple of pictures and talk about those. Occasionally we have a guest. Um, we've had uh, usually it's somebody that that pertains to or has some some sort of a point of view about uh, the early days of our drag careers. So like the 90s um, or has an opinion. I totally just burped right now, by the way. Like, <laughs> you your sound engineer is going to be like this pig. She needs a gas pill. Um uh, so, you know, people that may have been part of that quill or have, have something to say about drag that, uh, and the beauty industry, cause it's not really like a drag, ra- it's not a drag race recap mm-hmm. and it's not a dragula recap. Although those references come up because we were, uh, sort of catapulted into people's consciousness because of our appearance on drag sure. race. And, you know, that's something I'll always think when, when I, when I'm critical of my experiences behind the scenes uh, with Drag Race or World of Wonder, people will say, you know, they gave you your start. Well, they didn't give me my start. Um, they did give me a platform and I utilized that platform, but they paid me for, the, for my time filming a TV show. And uh, so, but I have a lot of great experiences as a contestant on Drag Race and, and I have a lot of great experiences behind the scenes. And we bring that to... Uh, our podcast, the same as Raja does with her experience, not just with Drag Race, but with uh, a makeup artist on America's Next Top Model. And we talk about traveling and we talk about things that get on our nerves. Not as deep as this, which this has been fun for me because I, I have to curb myself a little bit, even on my own podcast, because I'm like, all right, now this is just this is just <laughs> becoming about me bitching about Starbucks again. And this is not what we said we're doing. Right. Um, but we talk, we post some pictures, talk about those, answer a couple of letters with people who maybe have, sometimes they turn into like advice. Other times it's just observational things. So mm-hmm. we're having a good time with it. We really enjoy it. I feel like I say it all the time. I feel like we're cheating people a bit or we're, or, and they don't know it because I feel like we just turn on the thing and we're just like, okay, to start talking. Yeah. And because if they could hear the text messages and the FaceTime conversations that happen throughout the week, mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck, they would be like, well, you guys already talk like this. Why are you <laughs> canning it and putting it out there? Like, right. are you serious? But somebody, it resonates with somebody, I guess. So yeah. we're lucky. We're very fucking lucky. Uh, well, where where else can people find you and your work? So, uh, I mean, I, I try to keep a pretty good presence on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, during the pandemic, I was going live nightly because I wasn't doing any drag. I would get in drag just to go live on Instagram. Um I, I'm on this service called Cameo. I don't know if you're on Cameo. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. Those are personalized video shout outs. You can check me out there for like a birthday thing. It's, you don't have to if you don't want to. But if you want to, I weekly do a thing called Cameo Calls where it's like FaceTimes with people who support drag or mm-hmm. want to talk to me. Do those as well. Um, I am always post where I'm going to be performing. Um, we're Like you said, we're back to performing. I'm back to traveling a little bit, which is... Um, you know, it's an uphill, it's an uphill uh, swim, especially not just getting back from after pandemic because they have, you know, people book drag race, dragula people um, as what they consider to be the draw for a night. Mm-hmm. But they've got like three seasons to catch up with because there's people that hadn't even had to be, you know, the chance to tour because of the pandemic. Right. So they're meeting up with those people. But then so then when they have to go back and bring somebody else, it's like you have to fight to get through all of that, which is not really a fight, just saying, trying to show yourself as relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people, have, you know, like, hey, well, we want to bring you out, even though you, you know, were on TV 500 years ago. <laughs> and we think you might have something. So I get to go a few places. So I'm happy about that. That's that's cool. And it, it'll, it'll, it'll pick up even more. But it just, you know, everyone's trying to meet these deadlines of people they wanted to have, but then pandemic happened. So they've got to fit them where they can. Right, right. Now, I know the struggle. But um, you are always welcome on this podcast. You've been a a stellar guest. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. All right. We're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that help all the bad shit go down easier, starting with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we can take to make our world a little bit better. This week, we are highlighting access to PrEP. So for those who don't know, PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. It is a medicine that 
I guess anybody could take, but it is particularly prominent in the LGBTQ plus community that people take um, that prevents a person from contracting HIV um, through sex. It, it, it's 99% effective. It has been an incredible, you know, medical miracle for a lot of people. The problem is a lot of people don't have access to it, especially people in the South, especially black people, people of color. Uh, the problem is there are a lot of um, health plans in Southern states that require prior authorization before people are able to receive PrEP, which is just like another hurdle that uh, people have to go through that ends up delaying them getting medicine or preventing them from getting it. Um, so there is an organization called Ready, Set, Prep that helps people find out if they qualify and, and, and enroll for getting free prep. It's a good thing to know. It's a good thing for people to support. So we'll link to that in the show notes. Um, moving on to the TV we've been watching this week. Barry, what you been watching? I have finally started sex education, which I know you have talked about. Finally. A very long time ago, I was staying over at my sister's house and she was like, have you seen it? And I was like, no. And she put it on and I fucking love it. So I'm watching that right now and I'm really, really enjoying it. I know I'm late. I do love it. Gillian Anderson. Oh, my God. Phenomenal. And you know what started back up this week? Riverdale. Riverdale <sighs> is back. And I'm going to. When did it stop? Well, they do this weird like in season pause, basically. So they took like a couple months off and now they're back. Um, so very happy about that. Haven't watched it yet, but obviously will be. Sure. <laughs> what about you? What are you watching this week? Uh, I haven't watched any new TV this week. Uh, I did watch cabaret for the first time i haven't seen it either okay homophobic okay you just watched it <laughs> um yeah i've been trying like whenever i realize oh there's this like big movie that i haven't seen i've been trying to like be better about going back and watching stuff that i i remember like oh right i should know what that is <laughs> i should have that as a reference point mm -hmm. cabaret is like the big it was like liza minnelli's breakout yeah yeah role yeah and like one of the most famous musicals of all time i just yep. never seen it also it made it was funny because cabaret is the musical that they do in schitt's creek oh yeah and i was like oh i finally get all of these references because <laughs> contrary to popular belief gay people are not just born with this knowledge we wow. actually have to do the learning so wow. it's painful work but <laughs> it's important um what is your non-tv chaser my non-TV chaser is actual exercise clothes, like clothes that are made for exercising. Uh -huh. I realized that I've had the same shorts since like college, which is pretty gross when you stop and think about it. And uh, I always worked out in like old shirts that I like get for free from some event or something, you know, and I finally got to a breaking point and I was like, I work out regularly. I enjoy playing tennis. Like I, I can buy clothes to work out in that like are cute uh -huh. and make me feel good and also are like made to be sweated in especially with the heat waves um so I bought a bunch of it which like also you know it is expensive and it but I, I felt like it was pretty much an investment um considering the fact that I've had the same pair of shorts for like 10 years that I've worn uh to work out in that's pretty gross um so it's just I'm loving it. I went to Beyond Yoga and Avocado and like it's all made in the U.S. It's like super nice quality. Everything's really soft. So um, shout out to buying actual exercise clothes. Uh, highly recommend this this whole athleisure thing that people love. Uh, it's great when it's hot, really hot out. So Sure, sure. It's only been a trend for like 20 years. No, I know. <laughs> But now I'm like, oh, I get it. When there's a heat wave, it's nice to wear like a shirt that you feel cute in and also can like sweat a disgusting amount. And it's it can handle that, you know? Yeah. Honestly, I went to Target today after I worked out and I I didn't shower in between. Uh, it was just like, fuck it. A, it's 100 degrees out. I'm going to continue sweating. Right. B, going into Target and coming out, I'm like, ugh, I want to take a shower anyway, so might as well save it. Right. But like walking around in gym clothes yeah. outside of the gym, it, was, yeah. it feels like taboo, but I know it's great. It's great. Made me feel great. So that's my, my non-TV chaser for the week. How about you? 
Um, my chaser is my birthday present that you got me that arrived this week. <gasps> Yay! Which was a vintage Cats t-shirt from London in 1981. It's a 1981, like, original Cats t-shirt. Yes! Um, that I still have yet to wear because I'm like, this is a precious artifact <laughs> that I need to preserve. This belongs in a museum. <laughs> but, you know, part of life is enjoying enjoying things. Yes. So I will be wearing it Good. exhaustively. I'm glad. And that's it for today's show. So thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. If you want more Unhappy Hour shit, obviously you do, you can head straight to my Patreon page where you'll get a video of bonus Worst Things First stories that were cut from this week's episode, video of extended guest complainer interviews. You'll also get a private RSS feed that has all of this bonus content that you'll, you can listen to right in your podcast app. You can also buy merch at unhappyhourshop.com. Obviously, you can always head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, that's A-U-D-A-C-Y, wherever you get podcasts, hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, Arlena Revelo, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. You can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. You can follow us on Instagram at Unhappy Hour. You can leave a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, Bye-bye. In the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie. That's amore. Name an Italian drag queen. You can't. Lady Gaga. She's the only one. (laughs)